Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Andrew Roberts. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off. I'm just so excited you're back. I know. It's just a wonderful thing. No, it really is great to be back. I appreciate Jackson keeping the, the chair warm and you teaching him all all of your vast knowledge about podcasting and the Bible. And uh, boy, it's just really been great. I don't know what uh, how we're going to fill the time, you know, not talking about me or the New King James Version, <laughs> but uh, maybe we'll just talk about the Bible and that'll be great. <laughs> Man, bitter much, dude. You, you're. It's, it's good. It's good. You know, the clicks are going up. All the listens. I think I'm just going to jump in today's reading. Are you okay with that? You needed some takeout. We could start again. No, no, we're good. Acts chapter 22, verse 30. We're going to read to chapter 23 and verse 5. So as I shared with Jackson yesterday, a very unfortunate chapter break. So we're going to back up a little bit. We are in the English Standard Version. But on the next day, desiring to know the real reason why he was being accused by the Jews, he unbound him and commanded the chief priests and all the council to meet. And he brought Paul down and set him before them. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you sitting to judge me according to the law? And yet contrary to the law, you order me to be struck? Those who stood by said, Why would you revile God's high priest? And Paul said, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Well, Andrew, I have missed your voice and I've missed your input, so I'm just going to toss this over to you. What uh, what are you getting out of this? Well, Paul sure got slapped in the face. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, he did get slapped in the face. Um, you know, it's uh, it's out of the frying pan and into the fire, isn't it? Uh, and after making a fantastic defense and uh, perhaps even beginning to persuade the people uh, about this glorious gospel of which he testified to men both great and small. Now he gets his appearance and his audience before the Sanhedrin Council. Uh, what a homecoming for the apostle, right? Uh, when he had time shortly after his conversion, all the way back in Acts chapter 9, to sue some preaching and teaching of the gospel, there was a conspiracy out to kill him. The church delivered him, snuck him out of town. Apparently, he's made a few different uh, trips back over the course of the years, but uh, we hadn't read so much about him having face time with Jewish authorities, Jewish rulers. Um, Now he gets to be before this council again, and what a journey he has been on. And I'm on my way to getting slapped in the face. I I sure am. Uh, But I, I tell you, when I read this, I think that there was a time in the life of Saul of Tarsus when he wanted nothing more than to be sitting somewhere on that council, maybe even right next to the high priest. Mm. And yet here he is standing before him, uh, you know, making defense on trial, getting slapped and interrogated. Um, And, you know, in one sense, talk about turning tables. And why did he want to be there on that council? Because he was going to serve God from a clear conscience, 
going to keep this law, going to be the Hebrew of Hebrews and Pharisee of Pharisees and the whole deal. But because he is true to the word of God and the gospel, he has lost all that, counted it all but rubbish. I mean, he has come face to face with his future. His future slapped him in the face. (laughs) And that's fine because he wants to be a child of God. Cast all that aside, and it is all rubbish that he could lay hold of Christ. And so, I mean, that's the first thing I see here. Last week while you were gone, Jackson and I got to talk about being zealous for God. Mm. We know that he was zealous for the law. We know he was zealous for the traditions of his fathers also. But we understand that the zeal he had for the law and the traditions were subject to his zeal for God. And so when he saw the resurrected Savior and learned that he was wrong in his conscience, which is what Jackson and I got Mm -hmm. to talk about yesterday, Mm -hmm. he shifted. And the shift came very quickly. And it's it's very easy, I think, for me to read the book of Acts later and act like the shift was easy. I I doubt it was easy, but, but simple. Mm. Simple. It was, look, I was wrong. Jesus is the Messiah. It's now time to put all of my effort into that. Yeah, yeah. And so I really love the way you've said this, that his future, the future that he had wanted, has come back and slapped him in the face. And uh, he's he's on the other side now. That's there right. there was a there was a time when he was casting the votes against the people That's who were exactly at these right. council meetings. There mm-hmm. was a time when he was leading them to the council so that they can be imprisoned. And now the shoe is on the other foot, so to speak. And so the high priest Ananias orders him to be struck. Right. Which is interesting because this is not a normal council meeting. This is a meeting called by the Roman Tribune. So this is actually a Roman trial, if you will. But he's called the Jewish council in, and the high priest steps in as if he is overseeing this whole thing. Right, the interrogator. And and, and he does mm-hmm. what, what the Tribune decided not to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the Tribune was going to interrogate Paul with beating, but he decides not to because Paul is a Roman citizen. Roman citizen. But Ananias doesn't care. He says, strike him. Strike him. And Paul strikes out verbally. Yeah. You whitewashed wall. God's going to strike you. So, you know, with some of this, the Romans orchestrating this, Ananias stepping up, I'll be the Romans guy, uh, in a way, gives some um, clarity and some insight to basically an overall, if I could use the word corruption, you know, I don't think it's any mistake at all, at least the word choice of Paul accusing uh, a man of being a whitewashed wall. Now, what, what, okay, let's talk about that. What is what does that accusation mean? It looks to me like the Apostle Paul is taking and adopting some language that the Lord Jesus Christ used and directed, particularly at the religious leaders of the Pharisees in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter twenty-three, as Jesus is speaking and pronouncing his woes upon that group in Matthew, chapter twenty-three and verse twenty-seven. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful. Beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. These whitewashed tombs, whitewashed walls, it's all clean on the outside, but in the inside, it's rotten, it is corrupted. What a statement about the high priest. And this particular Ananias is infamous in history, uh, particularly as the Jewish historian Josephus talks about his life and his deeds, that he came to this office 
because of Roman intrigue and Roman appointment, that he had money and influence, that he even, F.F. Uh, F. Bruce says, maybe was able to fund assassinations against political enemies. He was a very evil man. And yet here he is supposed to be the chief of the Sanhedrin council, the champion of all righteousness, performing the most sacred rites and sacrifices in the Jewish religion. This is all messed up. And even if Paul did speak out of turn here, which uh, it seems that maybe he did, and Paul himself addresses that, oh, I didn't know he was the high priest. The scripture does say, don't speak against a ruler of your people. Folks have some different perspectives on that. But it seems that he may have spoken, even in that, a little bit prophetically, because mm. this does happen to Ananias. He does get struck. He gets struck down right at the beginning of the rebellion that ultimately leads to the destruction of Jerusalem. My understanding is, if I remember the, the accounts correctly, he even actually gets killed by his own son, who mm. is mm-hmm. rebelling against Rome and sees his father, Ananias, as more Roman than Jewish. Yeah. And so he does get struck. Yeah. As a hypocrite. Um, as Josephus puts this together, one of the people that he is close with is King Agrippa, which helps him to have this role in this office in Jerusalem at this time. Of course, we're going to get into King Agrippa some more very soon <laughs> as we <laughs> yeah. can continue on in Acts. Um, obviously, when we think about whitewash, we think about the hypocrisy. This is displeasing to God. This is wretched. Jesus condemns this. Even if, um, and, and, and I think you're right, I just kind of this straightforward reading, I think that the Apostle Paul may not be aware that this fella is high priest at that moment. Maybe he would have chosen his words a little differently. I will say that I see a little consistency reading through Acts with you, Edwin, that there's been some times when Paul will just lay it out. Uh, you know, like in that first missionary journey when he struck the guy blind. Um, well, this know, is very similar. A little to that, impreca- yeah. imprecatory action there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Let's. I, okay, I want to talk about this whitewashed idea, hypocrisy. I want to think about for us and for me, you and I as Christians. So he's Paul accuses him of being the whitewashed wall mm-hmm. because you're sitting here claiming that you're going to judge me according to the law while you in this judgment are going against the law. Again, it seems to me there's a bit of a contrast between the Roman and the Jewish high priest. The Roman, Mm -hmm. when he discovered that Paul was a Roman citizen, okay, I'm going to back up because I'm going to follow Roman law. Roman law says I'm not allowed to do this. Yeah. Ananias claims I'm following God's law, but I am going to do the thing that is against God's law. I'm going to perform injustice. I'm going mm-hmm. to beat this man, even though he is uncondemned. Right. The, the law did say that if a person was condemned, they could be struck. Right. Proportional. Where, where's the two or three witnesses? Right? Yeah. yeah where's the process? Proportional to the crime, but the crime hasn't been ascertained here yet. And right. so this is a violation of the law. Anyway, I, I'm thinking about me. I don't want to be a whitewashed wall. I don't want to look good on the outside. I want to I want to be God's man through and through, zeal for God, do everything with a good conscience, even though my mm-hmm. conscience is not mm-hmm. supposed to be my guide, but I want my conscience trained by the word of God and, and to live by that. So how do we overcome the whitewashed wall syndrome? That is a fantastic question. Um, even as you're talking about this and talking about wanting to to do the right thing, 
Uh, I'm thinking about some of the teaching in the Sermon on the Mount and doing the right thing even when you're being treated wrongly. You know, you, you make a great point, point and clarify that the priest is breaking law here in the name of, I guess, executing the law, right? <laughs> exactly. So, irony, hypocrisy, there you go. And yet the apostle, instead of turning the other cheek, I mean, literally, he, he strikes out with this speech. I think he speaks probably true, but maybe it wasn't said in the right spirit or the right volume because he does fall back on the scripture and say, I, I shouldn't have done wrong. You're doing wrong. Does it make it right for me to yeah. transgress? You know, one of the things this makes me think of is David's actions because it's this it's a similar principle that David was following when he refused to strike Saul, the king. Yes, that's even, right. Even though King Saul was attacking and chasing and violating God's will, Correct. violating God's law, David understood that the way you respond back is not yeah. by speaking out against the ruler of the people. He, yeah, he was still the Lord's anointed. And similarly with high priest office, there's a respect for this office and this system that God has instated, even though this fella is historically clearly a scoundrel. He's a scoundrel. And I know we can get into the discussion, is he really the Lord's anointed when he is appointed by Rome? And yeah. I know that's one of the reasons people get into some discussion about this. Was Paul speaking sarcastically, ironically, figuratively? And I guess there's an outside possibility of that. And, and depending on the day, sometimes I read it that way. And yet, I feel like that kind of sarcasm is hard to come through Scripture. I would think if God wanted yeah. us to understand that, he'd have had to explain that a little bit more clearly. Right. So I tend to go back to just the straightforward Paul is saying, I, I overstepped I my understand. bounds. I'm not supposed to do that. He is a ruler of the people. Yeah, right. I lost my temper. I, I tend to think that's what Paul is doing here. But we have this principle again and again and again. Even when I am mistreated, mm-hmm. that does not give me permission to react back sinfully. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what we have is is almost this really interesting progression. We've got the Roman commander who almost disobeys his law but finds out Paul is a citizen. So he says, no, I'm going to obey my law. Yeah. We have the high priest who says he's going to judge according to his law but then acts against the law. And you've got Paul as he's calling him out on hypocrisy that makes a big mistake, a big faux pas in the middle of this. Yeah. And his reaction is to say – he doesn't. there's no apology. He doesn't say I'm sorry, at least not written here. But – it is the fact that, oh, well, the Scripture says this, and I want to live by the Scripture, right. even though you're scripture. not. Right. Even though you're not. <laughs> okay, so if I want to overcome whitewashed wall syndrome, I've got to follow the Word of God. I've got to follow the Word of God. I'll tell you what, no one likes being confronted with their hypocrisy. And and I think that we have to be willing to uh, listen when a brother or someone that cares about us wants to bring concern to us. You asked a moment ago, how do I get over this whitewashed wall syndrome? Well, I tell you, it's not by lashing out and slapping someone in the face mm-hmm. when they're concerned. I've seen something in your life, brother. I need to talk to you about it. There's something about your speech, brother. I need to talk to you about it. Um, somebody coming to you, I think especially in the, in the right spirit that wants to say, we have a problem, but I want resolution. Or uh, I have a fear. I only want what's best for you. Uh, when someone comes with that kind of heart, I I want to listen. I want to incline my ear. It breaks my heart to think that I've done wrong. Um, you know, on my best day, I think I, I certainly want to lead like Paul and live like that, even though I, I know that I fall short. Mm-hmm. But I'm, but the humility to recognize someone else could see something I may not be able to see. 
that's one way we get over this whitewashed wall. I'm so glad that you said all of that because there's been something I've been wanting to talk to you about for a long time now. No, no, I kidding. often find that when microphones are on, it's the best time to have those conversations. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, really glad that you're back with us this week, Andrew. Glad that uh, everyone who's listening is here with us. We need to wrap up today's episode, even though I'm actually enjoying this conversation. We'll have to continue tomorrow. We'd love to hear what you're learning and reading. Send us a message at text talk at Christians Meet here.org text talk at christiansmeethere.org andrew would you wrap us up with prayer please our great god and father thank you so much for the blessing of today the time to open up your word to study it as we look at this trial that the apostle paul suffered and and how he was mistreated for your sake and for your cause we we see father in this that uh, there's sometimes the futures and the plans that we want but how your will is superior And God, that by your gospel we can be reconciled to Christ and look forward to that which is true success, true victory, to be with you in heaven forever by his grace, by his blood, by his gospel. We pray, Father, that you'd help us to walk in sincerity, not hypocrisy, to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.